slash MLB. From the Stand up with us. Sports Radio. From the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Wake up, Des Moines. It's time to kickstart the weekend with Saturday morning pregame on 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. Sup, everybody, and happy Saturday in the beautiful city of Des Moines. The city beautiful. Sean Roberts, Eric Zamora, Justin Miller. What's going on, boys? Not much. What's going on with you? Uh, crazy start to the morning. Locked out of Twitter. Keith Murphy has us locked out of Twitter. It Obviously, because, I mean, everything through this station, it's going to be, hey, um, what we really want to know is what does Keith Murphy feel about this? Well, and then if there's time, all right, yeah, now what are you well, missing? So, so here's the thing is I've been giving Heather crap all week because every morning she comes in and she's like, oh, Murph, I can't get into our Twitter on the desktop because, you know, Murph's got this two authentication code system going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving her crap. I'm like, it can't be that hard. Well, I sit down this morning <laughs> to log into our Twitter to be able to start promoting stuff. And then also pull up some stuff that is going to be vital information for our show today. And uh, I think if I go the route that I was going to go, I was going to like have to reset Murph's password and this whole code. So I just said, screw it. We're going to the phone, uh, the phone app, and that's how we're going to have to roll. But it is what it is. Game of adjustments, be an athlete, and that's what we're going to do here, uh, here today. How's it going, Justin? How are you doing, buddy? Doing great. Uh, just, you know, you got to survive in advance today, I guess. Survive in advance. It's full send Saturday, as we like to call it here on the Saturday morning pregame. And uh, craziness happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was funny because I was texting Z like, hey, as soon as I was, at, it was funny. I was just finishing up at the driving range and I was getting ready to go home and put on the Bulldogs uh, as they took, they were supposed to take on the Panthers yesterday. And all of a sudden my phone starts blowing up. Why hasn't Drake taken the court? Why hasn't Drake taken the court? And I'm going, I, I don't know. So right away, what do you do? Go to Twitter, because that's our news source. And uh, I saw Michael Admire's tweet where Bulldogs are on the floor. We don't know what's going on. It's kind of a weird feeling here type deal. And then I texted Z. I said, I, I was like, hey, I think this game, or, uh, this game's getting canceled. I'm, I'm going to try and get Michael on here at 8. And we bring him on now onto the Saturday morning pregame. Michael Admire, play-by-play voice of the Drake Bulldogs. First off, what's going on, my man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Just, uh, yeah, kind of getting up and around here, getting ready for a little basketball on a Saturday in St. Louis. Full send Saturday, Michael. Uh, love to see it. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, I mean, if people didn't hear what was going on if or what happened yesterday, if they're gonna just waking up and don't have the full details, uh, you're the man on the scene, you're the man on location. Uh, what do you have for us? Yeah, man, I mean, yeah, basically we uh, were setting up in the broadcast booth yesterday uh, way up top uh, in the in the hockey press box at uh, Enterprise Center. And the second quarterfinal game wraps up. Both teams, you know, head to their benches or head to the, you know, down the tunnel and all that. And we're anticipating, you know, both teams taking the court. And that's not happening. It's, it's uh, they cleared out the, the, the arena, um, which they do after the, second game you know so it's two sessions they clear everybody out and you know, they're cleaning up all that stuff and we're we go on you know 30 minutes before 
uh, the game usually tips. And we, we hit the air, and neither team is still on, on the court. And I'm looking at my, my partner, Paul Dorfeld, and I'm just like, this, this, there's, there's something happening here. Um, but we're, we're kind of rolling through our, our like kind of pregame routine, all that stuff. Um, but stuff is still starting to happen that is, is odd down on the court. And, again, we're up in the hockey press box. We're Tier 3. We don't have direct contact to what's happening on the court um, with, uh, you know, the players and coaches and, and some, you know, specific staff. So we're a little bit in the dark as well, even though we're in the arena. But what we're witnessing kind of felt all too familiar. It, it felt like everything that we had experienced this time last year. And we're, we're in the middle of kind of our, our rhythm of the pregame show. And I, I just stop. I'm like, Paul, there's something happening here. I, I don't know what it is, um, but I get the sense that there's something off uh, because I only see Drake players. They're not taking the court. They're just kind of looking around. Coach DeVries is now at midcourt talking to an administrator. Nobody's in the arena. We, we've got to figure out what's happening here. And we, we jump on Twitter, just like uh, you're kind of mentioning. And there wasn't a ton at that point, but I start sending out text messages. And then all of a sudden, the, the feeling that I got right away was that this game was going to be delayed, uh, if not postponed or, or canceled. And uh, yeah, just kind of as the evening progressed, um, there, we learned that there was a positive test within Northern Iowa's program. And uh, due to the St. Louis uh, guidelines, that their Department of Health, uh, it, they were forced to back out of the Missouri Valley Conference tournament, which led to the Bulldogs advancing to the semifinals. Uh, Michael, can you kind of uh, go through the Missouri Valley Conference's response to all of this and, and your thoughts on that? Because... I know that a lot of people right now are kind of lighting the MVC on fire, um, but I thought it was a little bit refreshing for them to basically come out and say, hey, we're going to put this to light. We're going to say that there was a, a, a mistake that we didn't know exactly what was going on. And quite honestly, um, in, a, in an era where we always question, all right, you know, how much of this is being transparent? Even though there were mistakes made, it's kind of nice to hear them say, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take the, own the up, fall here." Own up to it. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely owned up to it, uh, and you can even use the analogy they, they kind of fell on the sword for this whole thing. And uh, I have a ton of respect for the folks at the Missouri Valley Conference. Doug Elgin is retiring this year. He's the commissioner that brought Arch Madness to St. Louis. He's the one who created this whole tournament. Uh, and I, like, I'm legitimately getting emotional just thinking about it because he's such a nice guy, um, and I hate that this is going to be his, uh, his final moment. Uh, it, it sucks. Um, there's no doubt about it. Um, th- but they, they fell on the sword, and, and a lot of credit needs to, needs to go to them for that. Um, as for the communication and how it came out, I mean, I'm, I'm glad the statement came out. But there was the rumors and all that stuff was running rampant because there wasn't a ton of communication laid out. And they even said in the statement that this was a positive test from Thursday night. So they did have 24 hours to, to at least start the communication process and start talking about, okay, when this happens, if this, if this happens, if we're not able to get it cleared up, 
what is our communication to the public? And, and I think that's, that is probably the biggest, that, that's one of the major issues in this whole deal is it just wasn't efficiently communicated. The Valley staff is, is run thin. I mean, we, we all are. It's a, it's a small conference. It's a mid-major conference. Uh, I have tons of uh, empathy for the situation that they're in. Um, but, I mean, they, they had to do better um, all, all the way around. And as, as much as I'm hurting for Doug Elgin and, and all the folks at the Missouri Valley Conference, I, I'm also – share that same uh, – you know, same feelings towards Northern Iowa. I mean, that, that is not how this season should have ended for them. Um, there should have been a, a, a basketball game in some sense, but um, that's, that, that is the nature that, that we live in. That is 2020, 2021. Um, and it, it is about persevering and, and breaking through. We've all dealt with certain frustrations and uh, hurdles that we've had to jump through this year. Uh, Drake, I mean, Drake fans know that all, uh, very well. Yeah. And, yeah, that's just the, that's the case. I, yeah. The bottom line is it, it sucks, and I feel terrible for everybody involved. It, this is not how it should have gone down. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the frustration comes for we're a year into this, and mm-hmm. you, how is something like this not prepared for? How is something like this not ready to go? And it, And it's just... It's it's like you say, man. It's it sucks. It sucks that this is yeah. going to be kind of. I mean, how a, you know someone wraps up their career. This is how you and I season ends. It's 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 hard. It's hard. But Michael, my question to you is: Did any point at any point yesterday, while this was starting to happen, after it got finalized that there was a positive test on you and I's roster or staff? Um, was there a part of you that thought, "Hey, maybe this thing gets called, this whole tournament gets canceled"? Ooh, um, I, I don't think that I ever felt like this whole thing was going to be canceled. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I've ever if I've felt that at all. Uh, I mean, to put it simply, I mean, the, there's so much at stake uh, for the Missouri Valley Conference, especially this year, where it could be a, a two bid league. Um, there are nine other teams. Uh, still involved in this tournament. Uh, you know, at that point, I believe there were uh, five other teams still uh, vying for the, the conference crown and an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. So where, where it is, you know, it's a really, really bad situation for Northern Iowa. It sucks. It, it feels unfair. Um, but there are still five other teams at that point that are, are trying to get to the NCAA tournament and have worked uh, just as hard to get to this point. So I, I don't think that you could pull the plug on the entire tournament just because of one terrible situation. There are still five other teams that, that deserve that opportunity. Michael Admire, voice of the uh, Drake Bulldogs, with us on the uh, phone line. And I can tell you, as a guy who's done play-by-play, uh, I knew immediately what Michael was saying because he didn't have time to think about the grand scheme. He was still uh, yeah. busy trying to figure out what was going on with the game. Michael, you talk about that uh, that unfairness to you and I, um, but people have pointed out this could be a tough break for Drake. Drake right now is trying to put themselves in a situation where they could receive an at-large bid if they don't get that automatic bid. Talk about the implications of Drake not getting an opportunity to pick up a win against a very good UNI squad. 
yeah. I mean, I don't know how much it's going to actually really affect the at-large uh, situation or, or the strength of schedule. Um, the, the the big thing is are these next two games. Um, yeah, I, I think there are still opportunities out there for the Bulldogs to make a case, uh, but they've also done that since November 25th. I mean, 24 and three, uh, five and one against Quad One and Quad Two teams. Uh, that's up there in the top 10 percent, um, maybe even top five percent uh, win percentage in the country against those quadrants. So I think the full body of work already uh, tells you what this team is about and tells you that this is a tournament team. Um, but there are still opportunities out there. So I, I, I truthfully, I don't think that uh, this, this one game has a ton to do against the, you know, for their chances at the NCAA tournament. I think advantage Drake here because you don't this is a team that is running a little thin yeah. um, they don't have to burn a game they don't you know keep the legs fresh a little bit obviously we all wanted to see them take on you and I one as a state but it it's a, it's always a good game um, but this leads into some basketball that's happening today at three o'clock Michael Missouri State taking on the Bulldogs Drake obviously won the two regular season games against them they were fully healthy uh, what can we expect today yeah it's gonna be interesting man I mean uh, now you have a, a completely fresh Drake team. Have not played in more than a week. This is the longest layoff that this team has had uh, in a month and a half, um, and it, it is a welcomed uh, extra twenty four hours of rest. Um, but Missouri State's good. I mean, we, we came out of the shutdown, out of our COVID shutdown, uh, and had to go back to back games in Springfield against Missouri State when we had the whole squad together and uh, had to come from down double digits both times to, to win there. And, man, if you watched the game last night, Missouri State jumped out and kind of got all over Valpo early on, and then they were kind of able to, to coast, if you will, to, to the semifinals. Um, they, they just they have a ton of pieces, man. They're, they have one of the best players – they have two of the best players in the conference, one down low, one outside. Uh, they're a tough – cover their tough matchup for the Bulldogs. Um, but I think for, for Drake, it, it's all about knocking down shots. Um, I, I just have full faith that Coach Reese is going to put them in, situation, in a situation to succeed. Um, but they're, they're going to have to ex- execute and knock down some shots. I mean, that's what it's all about in the tournament. It's, uh, it's win or go home, and uh, dog got to lay it all out there today. Michael, I'm curious uh... – how long were you guys uh, on the air? And at any point, did you guys just have to start stretching out with things like musical preferences and conspiracy theories? Because <laughs> I've been in that situation where you've got a delay for a various reason uh, reasons, and you're trying to come up with uh, stuff to talk about. Because it's one thing if you're like, "Hey, there's a chance that we could be delayed indefinitely," but most times you don't see it coming. Yeah, so we we basically have the. We, we start off in our first segment with the top five topics. So we just kind of go over the kind of five bullet points of the day that we really want to touch right away. And we, we interrupted that with kind of just the sense that something's, something's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we started kind of describing what was, what was happening and what we were seeing, which stuff was kind of coming at us quickly. So there, there was a lot to talk about. Uh, but, yeah, we did have to do our, uh, what Brian Harden called our rain delay dance uh, because – yeah, it, it was. Uh, we were on. We were on there for about an hour, which uh, I, I and 
side note, we, we're we're in the building. Um, we have not been on the road a lot this season. We've mm-hmm. only been on the road for one other game. If we're not in the building yesterday and we're calling off a monitor in uh, in the app center, it's a totally different experience for our fans. It's a totally different experience for how we get the information out. And uh, you got to thank a, a lot of people uh, for that. Uh, I'll, I'll save that for you guys, but uh, just a little shout-out to everybody involved. Um, but, yeah, we, we did a little kind of dance. Had Brian on finally once once we got the information uh, official uh, because we we had the sense early on that something was going on. Nobody had told us. Then we start calling, uh, trying to trying to get an answer. And once we got an answer, we still weren't fully able to go to air with it. So we had a we had a hold for about five, like five or ten minutes, and that was kind of the the goofy part. Is like we're kind of in a waiting pattern trying to be respectful of the Missouri Valley Conference and everybody involved as they as they make the official announcement. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was a weird day, man. It, uh, like I said at the beginning, it was kind of all too familiar, too. Uh, Michael, Isaiah Mosley from Missouri State, 29 points last night. How are the Bulldogs going to be able to contain this this guy? Yeah, I mean, he's fantastic. He He's a guy that can get to the rim. Uh, he's, he's great navigating through traffic, but also he can step out and knock down shots. Um, I'm going to use a little coach speak here, but it's going to be like one of those entire team efforts. Everybody's going to have to step up and, and pitch in. And, and, and we switch uh, at all four guard and forward positions. You know, we, we switch one through four. So everybody's going to get on him at some point. Um, and, it, yeah, you just got to try to make him a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but man, it's it's difficult. He, he's one of the best players in the conference. This is going to be a, a tough day for me, Michael, because I volunteered about a month ago to MC the girls' basketball game at Drake, um, which tips off at three o'clock the same time that you guys tip off today. Uh, so this is going to be tough for me at the Nap Center. <laughs> I don't I don't know what to expect. I don't know if I, how I'm going to be able to tra- you know obviously I'll be able to track it on my phone and stuff like that. But I don't know. Hopefully they go to the jumbotron like on timeouts and stuff. I don't know how that's going to work, but it's going to be a tough one for me today. I doubt they go to the jumbotron uh, and give you uh, yeah give you highlights in that scenario. But yeah, just have the laptop handy. Uh, have the laptop up there on the party deck. You can uh, MC. You got the game going, multitasking. It's full since Saturday, Sean. You, you got to figure it out. I'll, I'll, I'll get it going. But uh, I appreciate you so much for, for one. I mean, you were, I mean, I texted you yesterday right when this was like breaking. You were still on the air, I think. And I texted you like, hey, can we get you on right at 8 tomorrow? And you were, you were like, yeah, absolutely, man. So I appreciate you getting back to me right away and uh, coming on this morning, buddy. Hey, uh, no problem. Uh, go, dogs. Thanks for having me on, guys. Not a problem. Michael Admire, play-by-play voice of the Drake Bulldogs down in St. Louis for Arch Madness, breaking everything that happened yesterday, the craziness, the unknown, all that nonsense, and uh, and hopefully previewing what could be a, a Drake win today. And it, once again, puts everything in perspective. I mean, we're talking about a year where things are starting we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel um we're starting to get back to some normalcy and then we get hiccups like this but we're but it, like not there yet <laughs> right but it's 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 good to see um that you know most of the games are are happening and it makes you appreciate the little things 
including, I mean, it's not too often that as a play-by-play voice, now Michael, I can tell you for a while, is going to feel a sigh of relief when he's calling the game and sees, hey, both teams on the court. That's what we needed. <laughs> That's a good start. Yeah, I, uh, it was it was wild yesterday. So I went out to the driving range yesterday after I got off work. And, um, my, you know, it's like, all right, get, get done by five or like right at five, get home. You might miss first couple minutes of the Drake game, but got to get the Drake game. That's, you know, priority number one yesterday. I get done at the driving range. I got like five or six text messages, all from different people. Heather Burnside's texting me like, why, why isn't the Drake game on TV yet? What's happening? I go, I, I don't know. I'm like, I'm at the driving range. I'm just leaving. Uh, and then right away, and this is how crazy and how important Twitter has become. First thing that we all do, go to Twitter. What's happening? Why are a team on, you know, and then you see Michael's tweet. All we know is you and I is not on the floor. Drake is. And then the speculation starts coming out. Well, it's got to be a COVID test, right? It's got to be a positive COVID test on somebody. And then it's uh, after the game gets canceled, the conspiracy theories get thrown out there on Twitter all night. Like, oh, the MVC just, you know, they just wanted Drake to, because they want two teams in. They just want to get Drake to Sunday. It's all that. Drake wanted to play last night. I, I can promise you Drake wanted to play last night. And this isn't a shot at you and I. Or, or anything like that. And then you had the UNI fans going on, well, we've carried this conference long enough. It's time for us to leave this. How they're going to treat us. It, I, UNI's not leaving. It's not, it's not happening. But it was just wild to watch. Like when the game was canceled and the following like four and a half, five hours after that, everything transpired from fan bases, the people going at it and all the different emotions being thrown just, around. Just a wild evening. Wild evening, and uh, I'm glad Michael was able to join us and give us that that uh, first person perspective there down in St. Louis, and hopefully the dogs can get a win. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more as the show goes on. Two eight four five nine six six tweeted us at Cakes and O pregame. I'll be able to follow the Cakes and O pregame on my <laughs> Twitter app because uh, we have like five different uh, passwords to try and type in. Uh, thanks to Keith Murphy. Um, Saturday morning pregame, Sean Roberts, Eric Zamora, Justin Miller. When we get back, we got Z's 3, 1460, 106.3, KXNO. It's time to kickstart the weekend with Saturday morning pregame on 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. This is uh, baby making music right there. Look at that. Full Sun Saturday. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Uh, Saturday morning pregame. Sean Roberts, Eric Moore, Justin Miller in the city. Beautiful. It's a. It's going to be a nice day. It's going to be a great day. Got great basketball. Great weather. Great full weather, send. Full send. Uh, Iowa State in action, taking on Kansas State today. Uh, um, Iowa State. Are we going to do it, boys? We. Actually, is today the Kansas day? State isn't that great. So yeah, Iowa State's winning today. All right, Justin's going all in on it. Z, you're you're like, man, I've gone down this path. I don't want to go down the path anymore. You're insane. Don't do it. I don't know. I I, I mean, at what point do you just say, do we walk well, away? if you're going to lose this many games, yeah, just, just no. lose them all. <laughs> yeah. uh, Anyway, the Cyclones taking on the Wildcats uh, later on today. Iowa Wild. On the road, taking on the Rockford Ice Hogs. That game is at 4 o'clock. You can catch that game right here on 1460 uh, KXNO. Iowa takes on Wisconsin tomorrow. Wraps up their regular season. I think the Hawks... Well, I, 
again, I've taken all expectations off Iowa. Every game is just a, uh, I, it's a shoulder shrug for me because I don't know what team's showing up. I don't know if it's going to be the top five team in the country that shows up or a team that doesn't belong in the top 25. I have no idea, but I think they can beat Wisconsin. I'm pretty positive that they'll beat Wisconsin, but who knows? Yeah, Wisconsin to me, I'm I'm not set on Wisconsin. They're just hard to figure out. Their offense stalls at 58 points, so their defense can hold right. up with Iowa, with Iowa, but I don't know if their offensive firepower can. They seem like a team that is built in the same mold that they they normally are. It's not like the, the identity is different. It just it seems like Wisconsin light. It just seems yeah. like they're they're. I don't know what's missing, but they just it's it's eerily similar to Michigan State this year, where you go into a game and you go, "I'm more afraid of the name than I am the team. than the actual roster yeah. and, and what's being put on the floor." Yeah, I listen. I think Iowa wins tomorrow. I think they they wrap up the regular season on a good note. They go into the Big Ten tournament and hope to make a nice little run. Two eight four five nine six six. Before we get to before we start Z's three, uh, Chris is calling in. Chris, what's going on, man? You want to talk about some March Madness? Yeah, um, I appreciated that um, discussion with Atmeyer about Drake. I'm a Iowa State Cyclone fan in full apathy mode. So, <laughs> so yeah. Well, hey, real quick, Chris, you think they get it done against the Wildcats today? Are they get in the first conference win. Well. Just to show that I'm not just blowing smoke, I, I, I have no no feeling, no thought. I've I've I've, I've shut it down. I, mean, <laughs> I, I didn't even know what time the game was, and I and I went to Kansas City last time we played and won. So that tells you, I'm oh not boy. Generally, yeah. So um, the the one part of that discussion with Atmire that I was hoping you guys would touch on, and I, and I didn't hear it. It's my understanding that had that game and that one COVID test happened like in several places in the U.S., that game would have still taken place, but it's because St. Louis has some really overly stringent um, uh, guidelines by their city department, which overlays, you know, the the, um, the state. That's that's the reason that game didn't play, and I, I just wonder what that... And first of all, is that what you guys have heard as well? Yeah, yeah so... So what what happened was a miscommunication between the MVC and the city of St. Louis uh, and and their handling of COVID situations. And if and we talked about Michael talked about the statement that was put out by the MC, MVC yesterday, and they owned up to it. They said that this was this was a mistake on our part. We we have our own guidelines as a conference, but we didn't talk about those guidelines with the city and then the city was like well no you're not playing this game it's not happening and so it was a miscommunication the mvc owned up to it uh completely it you know they're getting torched all over social media over it um but at least they you know like zamora z brought up they did own up to it in their statement they 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 know they messed this one up and unfortunately there wasn't a basketball game played last night um but it is what it is that you know it, it it, this this is what happens. So, um, but that's that's what happened last night. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, okay. So yeah, that that does make sense. I, I guess the piece that I'm kind of a little bit it, it, what what I kind of thought was missing, and maybe this is looking too far forward because we're in the middle of the tournament. Well, first of all, I do agree with you um, that I think that this is advantage Drake because they're already shorthanded. Mm-hmm. So to play one last game, 
and you and I didn't have a great record or a great RPI or anything. So that, that win would have been nice, but I don't know that it would have. It's, it's going to make or break them. So I think this is actually a break for them. But looking forward, I, I think if I'm the Missouri Valley Conference, as great as that tournament is in St. Louis, I, I, I think they're they got to be feeling a little bit bitter. I mean, I don't know if they lose out on that television revenue, but it's like we're, we're going to look at a different city that's a little bit more um, – not, not quite, yeah. I mean, I think they're probably, they were burnt by that stricter policy that, once again, had that been in Des Moines or, I mean, how, how many other cities that that game would have gone on? And I just wonder if now they, if, if they look in the future and say, okay, you know, yeah, I, you really hurt us. Here. I yeah, get what you're yeah, saying there, Chris. I get what you're saying there, Chris, but at the same time, this also is a responsibility on the MVC to have that communication with the city of St. Louis. So, it, yeah, it, I agree. And, you know, so it's, I get where you're saying, like, hey, you know what, we can't, we're going to look at taking this somewhere else because of we weren't able to get a game in. But at the same time, NBC's got to look themselves in the mirror, which they have done. They, they owned up to this mistake. They needed to communicate with the city of St. Louis as well, saying, hey, if a test comes back, what's the protocol? What can we do? How do we go about this? And instead, they're, they went along with, their MVC guidelines, and we're like, oh, we'll still play. We got one positive test, test as long as they can put a team out there. And St. Louis came in and was like, no, that's not how we do it here. We have our guidelines, and that's what's been put in place. And Chris, I'm a little surprised that the MVC uh, perhaps didn't put on the table. Hey, I know we always have this in St. Louis, but if St. Louis's city and county guidelines are stricter here than what we go, should we be looking into that? I've heard of other sports uh, collegiate conference tournaments being moved from, hey, we always have it here, but because it's it's this year. I mean, it would be the equivalency of like uh, if the if the Pac-12 always played a particular sports tournament in um, someplace that's a little more lenient and then said, hey, well why don't we look into going to California right now? Like California is going to be one of the toughest places to have uh, a tournament like this. I, I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't say, Hey, we need to adjust to 2021 and maybe find some place that isn't going to be as tight with those restrictions just in case uh, something like this uh, happens. So a little bit of foresight needed there. Yep. That, 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 I think that was my point. It's like we're all hypersensitive now for what a pandemic means. So it's like we got to be, since we are looking forward, we're we're going to find those pockets of the country that are still kind of fit our geographical range. That 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 the, that the um, ruling class or whatever tends to be a little bit more open minded because we can't we can't take this chance again. And and yeah, so that that, that was kind of my point there. Yeah, I mean, did we uh, did we answer your questions as much as as good as possible? Yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> All right. No, that was great, and I really enjoy the show, guys. Appreciate it, Chris. You have a good rest of your weekend, my man. Full send Saturday. You have yourself a good time. All right. You bet. All right. All right. Uh, we got to get to Z's three. We got <laughs> we have we have we have a segment that has been put in place at a certain time that we're trying to make routine here. Uh, we are a little short on time, but Z, we'll we'll let you get after it here. And then we have Julie Pettit, the new. Uh, general manager of the Iowa Barnstormers will be joining us uh, after Z's three. Yeah, so um, my first one starts out on a sad note. Um, for those who uh, don't know, um, one of the legends of the 1980 uh, Miracle uh, a hockey team, the the U.S. squad, uh, Mark Pavlich, uh, passed away a couple of days ago um, in a uh, facility in uh, Sox Center, Minnesota, which is uh, a suburb of St. Cloud where I went to uh, a college. Um, Pavlich, 
uh, obviously, um, if in fact, just thinking about it over the last couple of days, I'm sure in the next day or two when I have some time, probably go back and watch that uh, Disney classic Miracle. Um, just been thinking about it a lot. But um, he uh, had a couple assists in that uh, victory over uh, the Soviet Union. In fact, uh, had the assist on Michael Ruzioni's uh, game-winning goal. Um, and then a lot of people don't know that he uh, went on to play for uh, Herb Brooks and uh, Craig Patrick with the New York Rangers um, actually came out of retirement for a few games um, when the San Jose Sharks were uh, first an expansion team and had an assist on the first ever goal in San Jose Sharks uh, history. Ran into some legal trouble uh, over the last couple of years, and I don't know if his family members said that they know for a fact or just have suspected uh, that CTE was starting to uh, set in. Um, It's an interesting story, and I'm wondering what we're going to find out, if we're going to find out anything more about uh, CTE, Uh, but it's kind of one of those cases where uh, I, I think it will go a long way in bringing up some tough discussions in the sport uh, about, you know, the, the, the sport changing. I know a lot of purists out there say they don't like it as much because um, the the rules and the equipment are, are changing. But again, you've got faster guys, stronger guys, um, and similar to football, um, I, I think it helps us bring up that conversation of how do we make this a wonderful game that is safe and our stars and uh, our heroes are then able to keep going uh, down a, a, a good and healthy um, life after their their careers are over. Um, my, uh, my second thing I wanted to talk about um, was, for those who don't know, I got to call three uh, girls high school basketball um, semifinal games on Thursday and Friday. I'm down at the well. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's funny because I... I was sitting there in between uh, games on Thursday, and it dawned on me. I've been at Wells Fargo Arena working for six different entities over my career, um, mostly broadcasting, but working actually uh, with the the Barnstormers. Um, and uh, and was so glad that Tom Florian of the uh, Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union reached out to me again. Uh, I was able to call some games. Uh, for their volleyball state tournament in Cedar Rapids. Obviously, this one being nice because it's uh, about five minutes away from where I live. Um, but they put on such a great show that I think sometimes it gets lost. In other words, it's expected now. I mean, if you're watching those broadcasts, they've got producers coming in. They've got a ton of sponsorship and um Iowa Farm Bureau and all the other uh, sponsors are the reason that that's uh, able to be put on. But it it really f- doesn't feel like a, a high school tournament. It feels so much bigger than that. And if you haven't had an opportunity to head down and check that out in person, I highly recommend it. And if you're not able to, um, I would definitely say check in because they've got a, a, a feed that you're able to, to just uh, check out for free. And it, it, it really takes the, the, the best moment of high school girls basketball and, and, and puts it where, I mean, it's not treated like, oh, this is quote unquote high school basketball. This is just, hey, 
this is what we're doing uh and uh and, and they do a fantastic job with it and uh in fact I, I i'm a little disappointed myself that i didn't think about it ahead of time to maybe reach out to tom and see if here somebody with the association uh wants to wanted to come on and promote it and we'll have to uh, remember that next time they've got and a is, tournament come around uh is the championships this so so championship in five A was last night last night okay and no surprise Waukee yeah I saw Twitter there. yeah it, uh, mm-hmm. blowing up uh, but class uh, one through four A are all today, today and that's all on uh, IPTV and all down at the wells or down at the well and then uh, boys takes over next week and then after the boys get done then the Iowa Wild finally come back home right um, and then uh, Z your last one here and it's an all ears weekend and what I mean by that is Buccaneers hosting the Musketeers this weekend. It is a throwback 80s weekend. They've got um, retro jersey. I mean, they're obviously new, but the style is a retro jersey. Uh, Buccaneers, unfortunately, fell to a real hot goaltender last night. Scoreless game going into the third, and then uh, the Musketeers able to score three quick in about a, a three-and-a-half-minute span uh, to start the third period. Uh, but those two teams right back at it tonight. Tickets still available. And if you uh, go on the Bucks social media, check out those jerseys. If you are interested, they will be selling them in an auction after the game. Uh, so get yourselves a Des Moines Buccaneers throwback 80s sweater tonight. That uh, money is going to go ahead and uh, help out the Buccaneers Booster Club. Love it. Good stuff, Z. Uh, 284-5966. When we get back, uh, we will have Julie Pettit, the new general manager of the Iowa Barnstormer, join us. Uh, this is this is awesome. I'm very happy for her. Uh, she's she's going to do a great job, but she'll be joining us when we get back. Right here on 1460, 106.3 KXNO wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to kickstart the weekend with Saturday morning pregame on 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. You see, <laughs> Justin's producing his ass off this morning. You got them all fixated on 80s night. Throwback at, 80s. <laughs> to win Buc- Buc- that was... <laughs> when I was in high school, that was uh, what I wanted my starting lineup music to be for high school. Just be like, starting forward, Justin Miller, and then have... <laughs> you are a man who is aware of things prior to your time, and I appreciate that because there are a lot of people your age who are like... I've never heard that song in my life. I've heard the song. It's not a song that I throw on a full <laughs> But it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> Saturday morning pregame, Sean Roberts, Eric Zamora, Justin Miller. And we have a very special guest joining us right now. She was just named the general manager of the Iowa Barnstormers. Julie Pettit joins us. Julie, first and foremost, um, condolences to you and your family uh, over the loss of your father. Uh, I know that's, that's not easy, um, but uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, and I appreciate your condolences. Uh, it's certainly been a difficult time uh, for everyone, but yes, we do appreciate the outpouring of love and support that we've received. Julie, um, obviously I had an opportunity um, to get to know your dad um, working for the uh, uh, Barnstormers two seasons ago and then was going to be working for him again until uh, uh, COVID-19 uh unexpectedly interrupted or prevented the season last year from uh, getting underway. Um, but can you kind of uh, share with the audience um, wh- how much the 
just sports in general and and Des Moines meant to your your father. I know that he was a really big part uh, of this community, not just with the Barnstormers, but uh, all across the metro. Yes. Um, so my dad has been working in sports since he was a teenager. <laughs> so it was definitely his passion, uh, and he has you know been able to work for several different teams, buildings throughout his entire career. Uh, and when he made the move to come to Des Moines, he was just, you know, upon visiting Des Moines, he was like, that's the place, you know, that's where we need to get, you know, sports up and running. Um, and he was a big part of bringing the AHL to Des Moines, actually. He brought the Iowa Stars here originally, and then um, also the Iowa Barnstormers. Uh, he was a huge part of their return to Des Moines in 2008. So he just really loved this area this community from the time that he you know even visited the first time and it was a place that he just knew would embrace uh, these sports teams and really latch on which they have and so his you know philosophy with all of that was um, you know this is a place where I he knew that you know the fans were going to come out and support but the teams also needed to be in the community so that was really his overall passion was make sure that those sports teams were just as much part of the community um, in in any way possible. Yeah, here in Des Moines, uh, I've heard some people who aren't from the area say, well, Des Moines uh, has some sports teams, but no big league teams. I always say uh, we don't have major league teams, but we've got some big league uh, uh, squads for sure. And, and Julie, um, you know, t- talk a little bit about uh, your dad's influence on you, not just your your career, um, but your life. I mean, uh, I can honestly say that in my interactions with the two of you, um, I can see some of those uh, traits that, that John had um, uh, that he passed down to you. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's very nice. Um, you know, my entire life, he was, as I said, involved in sports. So I was definitely not an athletic child by any means. <laughs> But I kind of absorbed um, a lot of information from hearing him talk and, you know, seeing him in action when he was working and being at these sporting events that he was working at. And I think that that just kind of sparked a passion for me for the business side of things. And I picked up on a lot from him. Um, So going into college, I decided that uh, sport management was something I was interested in and kind of followed his footsteps from there. Uh, and, you know, was able to end up working with him at the Barnstormers. So um, I would say definitely my work ethic has been impacted by him a lot um, overall, but I I have heard that I um, remind a lot of people of him with my personality and my humor as well. So I take that as a compliment. I would say when I was younger that annoyed me, but now I definitely take that as a compliment (laughs) that I know it is. Uh, Julie Pettit, the new general manager of the Iowa Barnstormers, joining us here on the Saturday morning pregame. Julie, what ran through your mind when you got offered the general manager job? Like, was it a, like a holy crap moment, or was this kind of like that you were kind of maybe sort of expecting this opportunity? It was a little bit of a mix, I would say. I don't think I was expecting the opportunity by any means, um, but. I I, just from some conversations that I had had, I knew that it was a direction that, you know, was being discussed uh, just because I I have fortunately worked for the Barnstormers for a couple years now. You know, I was shadowing my dad every day. I knew 
you know, I know the ins and outs of the organization. So I would say to some degree I was ready, um, but I think there was definitely that moment of, wow, you know, it's a, it's a big title and it's definitely a big role to fill. Um, but I, you know, luckily learned from the best. So I'm pretty confident that I can continue uh, running the organization in the same way. Julie, I know that every season you guys are excited to get back out into the field. I have to imagine that it's even more so because there was no season last year. Does having that long of a layoff um, pose any concerns or issues that uh, that basically, you know, Uh, is it going to be tough to get back into the saddle uh, considering that we haven't seen you guys uh, play since 2019? It has been well over a year since we have touched the field. So I think that everyone is very eager to get back to it. Um, I don't think there's going to be anything, you know, forgotten or missed in getting back into that and just, you know, really putting on a season. I think everyone has just been waiting for the moment that we kind of say, okay, it's time. Um, I know last year going into the season, we had a great group of guys that were ready to play. Um, And so, you know, they, a lot of them were new to Des Moines and were so excited to be able to get in front of our Des Moines fans and be in Wells Fargo Arena. So I know that they're really just eager to be able to see that field and get there and, and see the fans at Wells Fargo Arena. So I know that that's going to be very exciting to finally come back together and play a game. Uh, season got pushed to or the beginning of it, May 22nd, um, is your uh, the home opener. Do you have the – is the team – put together already i know it's it's march i don't know has training camp started i don't know how all the uh, you know the start time with everything and and be careful here because i know why sean is asking he's trying to see if he can't get another tryout <laughs> well, at quarterback here's the, here's the thing julie now that you know you're the you're the gm and and you, you saw my skills a couple years ago at, at, at the open tryout and you know for a while i was qb1 of the iowa born stormers it, were, it, it yeah, was documented little, uh, little known facts but yes yeah I no mean, it's not little known <laughs> He tells everyone. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess uh, if you need me to come out of retirement, I'm ready. I'm ready to take on uh, that challenge. I'll see if I still got it. But, uh, but no, seriously, uh, so when does everything start up and running, or is it up and going right now for you guys? So the team is being put together for training camp. We have not started that yet. Um, they will arrive um, probably closer to the beginning of May training camp before the final roster is selected. So you've still got time, Sean. There's still a chance. Um, for you Get the to, arm for you shape to sneak here. your way in there, yeah. So, um, yeah, beginning of May is likely when we will be hosting our training camp. We're still kind of finalizing all the details there. Um, and then we actually will hit the road for a game on May 15th and then return uh, finally to Wells Fargo Arena for that home opener. I'll take this next question because Sean is right now warming up and stretching in the corner of the uh, studio here. <laughs> I'm getting hyped. <laughs> Julie, um Going back to um, your your late father, I, I know that you were really excited about one of the um, the unveilings this year uh, of of a jersey design that that he was a big part of. Can you uh, kind of talk to us a little bit about that? Yes. So before the twenty twenty season um, was unfortunately canceled, we had done our jersey reveal for the year. Um, we have brand new jerseys um, that are throwback to the you know Kurt Warner era they 
They have the uh, wings on the jersey. They've got the propellers down the side of the pants, and that was kind of his vision to really kind of bring that that style back. Um, so he he designed those, and not only did we you know unveil them, but we have black pants and gold pants. The gold pants are back, um, and then we have an alternate red jersey that is going to appear a little a few times through. So we we were able to reveal those. Um, but they never got to see the field. So we're definitely excited to be able to do a re-reveal of those jerseys. Um, he was very excited uh, to have the propellers back, the wings back on the jerseys, and really kind of that throwback style. So those will finally be able to see a game, and we're very excited to be able to unveil that with this season. Uh, and May 22nd, the home opener for the Iowa Barnstormers. And Julie, uh, again, congratulations on the on the position and we know you're going to do a great job and and uh again, condolences about your father and and thank you so much for joining us here on this uh beautiful Saturday morning. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yep. Julie Pettit, new general manager of the Iowa Barnstormers. Uh I I think she's going to do a phenomenal job. She obviously knows the history of the organization and like she was saying, she's learned from one of the best. Yeah, and it's not even just that. My my first introduction to Julie um, was when she was um, working for the Des Moines Buccaneers back in like 2012. I was a season ticket holder at the time and got to uh, know her with that organization. That's another area that people don't know uh, as much about how involved John Pettit was. Mm. Um, he helped out uh, that organization. Um, their former uh, owner, uh, Gil Pellet, uh, was someone that those guys had a lot of influence on one another, um, talked about it, a lot of stuff. And something else that I didn't know until the last couple of years is that uh, John Pettit actually uh, worked with the Detroit Red yes. Wings and it was something that he didn't talk about a lot. Like if I worked for the Detroit part, Red Wings, everybody on these airwaves would know about it, <laughs> but they're like, yeah, he was there. I mean, he's, He's got a he's got a Stanley Cup he's championship ring. Yeah, uh, the, the first I know we're, we're wrapping up the hour here, uh, but the first time I met Julie was the championship game uh, a couple years ago. Yeah, and I, me, Heather, Chris, and Ross were getting ready to go do some on field promotion thing or mm-hmm. or whatever, and I was. I had I was a full send Saturday for me. I, I I was I was in the back. I, yeah. I had a lot of beers. Anyways, ended up on the jumbotron because Julie was like, "You got to get this guy shaking his 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 butt on the jumbotron." And then it, embarrassing moment for myself, but uh, was able to retire as QB one. You know, a year or so later. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, wrapping up hour one now. Hour number two. We will start it talking some baseball. Alex Cohen, the voice of the Iowa Cubs, in studio joining us Saturday morning pregame, fourteen sixty, one hundred six point three KXNO.